Our first lesson comes to us from the book of Exodus. Moses has implored the Lord to make known God's will, and in turn, the Lord has answered Moses. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, God has charged Moses to go up to Mount Sinai and take two tablets of stone in order to receive the Ten Commandments. Listen for God's word as it comes to us from the book of Exodus, chapter 34. So Moses rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud, and the Lord passed before him, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means clearly the guilty. By visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head towards the earth and worshiped. He said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray let the Lord go with us. Now, if we read we were reading the whole text, we would then read the full Ten Commandments. And following the giving of those commandments, the text takes up with the narrative. Then Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near to him. But Moses called them. All the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke the ninth chapter, beginning with the 18th verse. Listen again for God's word. When Jesus was praying with only the disciples near, he asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? They answered, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, 
still others, one of the prophets, he asked, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, the Messiah of God. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone, saying, the Son of Man must undergo suffering and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And then he said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. What does it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit themselves? And about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went up the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was to fulfill in Jerusalem. And though the disciples were weighed down with sleep, they stayed awake and they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, three booths, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered into the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone and they kept silent. And in those days told no one of anything they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O Lord, open our hearts to feel your presence. Open our eyes to see your glory. And lead us in the way that you choose. We pray in Jesus' name. And may all God's people say, Amen. With the tragedy unfolding in Ukraine, it may seem odd to focus on the mountaintop today, but bear with me. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase mountaintop experience? For some of us, we see it literally, how it feels to be so high. The air is thin how it is on the top of the mountain that the sun feels close and the clouds so very near, how broad the view is below, how vast the world. And somehow it feels like 
a liminal space. The glory of the Lord so near. We can feel the transforming presence of the Spirit. And for others of us, a mountaintop experience is less literal, but no less real. If you've ever had a time when the tender grace of a loved one takes your breath away, or when the power of music or poetry or art of any kind touches your soul so deeply, you tremble, or when the full-throated joy of a child's laughter melts your heart and any armor of cynicism melts away. A mountaintop experience comes differently for each of us, but comes nonetheless. So what then is the meaning of Jesus' mountaintop experience and the experience of, of Peter and James and John? What are we to make of, of this particular story? There is so much that resonates between the lines, time fails me, but just a hint. The mountaintop moment, this mountaintop moment, confirms God's long commitment, God's love for all the people. Moses and Elijah represent the whole of the law and the prophets, the bedrock of God's covenant with us. It's no wonder Peter longed to build three dwellings, three booths, for the booth or tabernacle is a holy place where God visited the people before they had a temple in Jerusalem. And now this covenant is being handed on to Jesus. Just as God had met Moses in a cloud on the mountaintop with the Ten Commandments, God comes in a cloud again with the new covenant in Jesus Christ. And just as the prophet Malachi foretold, Elijah's return heralds the day of the Lord. God's voice confirms, this is my son, the chosen one, listen to him. These are the rich symbolic pieces to this story. And and I think there's much more than symbolism at work here. I'm struck by how the experiences of Moses and Elijah give meaning to this moment. Let's start with Moses' story. This morning we heard about Moses going up to Mount Sinai at the Lord's command. What we 
what we may not realize is that's not the first time that Moses had been up on the mountaintop. He'd been there before at God's command and received the Ten Commandments before. So why did he have to do it again? Because the first time when he returned down to the people, he discovered that while he'd been on the mountaintop, they had given up on God. And with Moses' own brother Aaron's help, had built the golden calf to worship. Moses was so enraged when he came down the mountain that first time that he threw the Ten Commandments down on the ground and they shattered. After everything that he'd been through, after everything he'd been through confronting Pharaoh in Egypt, freeing the people from slavery, leading them across the Red Sea, wandering in the wilderness. After everything he'd done for them, Moses had to appeal to God to save the people once more. And it was in this state, not in a time of joy or success or peace, but in a state of desperation that Moses went up the mountaintop to meet God again, to meet God face to face and to receive the Ten Commandments once more. And what of Elijah? When Elijah met God on the mountaintop, it wasn't an occasion for joy either. Israel, what do you know, was going after another God again. This time, Baal, the foreign God brought by King Ahab's wife, Jezebel. Elijah had just faced down the prophets and priests of Baal, and now Jezebel herself has threatened to take his life. So Elijah flees to the wilderness for 40 days, then climbs the very mountain where Moses had met God. And it is there that Elijah prays, I have been so zealous for the Lord, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets.